Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88 on the internet, uh, through a telephone or a car or something. You are listening somewhere and we are so glad because you are joined by myself, Lawson, and the amazing and wonderful Monica. Monica, how are you doing this morning? Oh, good as gold. How are you? It seems that you've set up some kind of uh, <laughs> some kitchen, like some alternative food kitchen here. I can see, are they beans? Yeah, yeah, black beans, my you, favourite kind of you beans. You got black beans and mm-hmm. salad and some, you know, some other pills and whatnot. <laughs> I think that can be sound questionable. Yeah. No, that's just echinacea and garlic and horseradish, that kind of thing. Because I've got like a stuffed nose and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to fight it off. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, you're getting, the, you're getting the gloves out now. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Ready to not take play, it on. Not playing nice anymore here, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I... I, I'm good. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing really yeah. good. I, I'm coming up to my exams. Uh, I have my first one on Thursday, and then my last one next Tuesday. And I'm just studying. You know, just reading them books, just rewatching those lectures, getting it done, living my best life. All those things. What, how, where, how long? When does your break start, and how long does it go for? Well, after next Tuesday, I'm I'm done pretty much and forever. Then, uh, well, no, I wish. But until until the next semester begins, which is, I think it's a six-week break. Well, coming up in today's show, we're going to be having a fantastic interview with My Christian Schools, which is an organization looking into legislation in Australia regarding Christian schools. We're also going to be talking about The Chosen, and we're going to be talking about augmented reality. Ooh. Seeing the world in a different way. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our first question for the quiz today. And we just want Our first quiz. Our first quiz yeah. for today. And We're going to have five quizzes today, and this mm-hmm. is our first one. Absolutely. Hey, unlike before, there's no penalty on texting in with the wrong answer. This is really, at the end of the day, this is a dash. So make sure you get in as soon as you hear those questions. 0491-064-669. Get in with correct answers, and you will win prizes. So... Potentially, if you get drawn. Mm-hmm. So every time you answer uh, one of these correctly, you'll get an extra chance to win the prize. Although it happens every day. We no longer do mm. just on Friday. We do it every day. The first quiz goes like this. How many thieves were crucified with Jesus? Mm-hmm. How many thieves were crucified with Jesus? If you know the answer to that one, which we certainly hope you do, 0491-064-669. What is the prize that people can win today? Uh, I think the prize package is in front of you, but it oh, is oh. the... I'm not even sure. Oh, here we go. Daniel, Practical Living in the Judgment Hour. Daniel, Practical Living in the Judgment Hour by Norman McNulty. This is a fantastic book, particularly because the book of Daniel, it's classified under the genre in the Bible of apocalyptic prophecy. So it is all about the end times. And then the question is, well, how does that apply to me today? That is what this book is all about. Daniel, Practical Living in the Judgment Hour by Norman McNulty. Nice. Mm -hmm. Hey, Lawson, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite kind of peanut butter? Uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a crunchy guy. Yeah. I am definitely, I love the, having the, you know, the soft buttery part of the peanut butter and then you get in with the crunchiness. Oh, it's the best. But I think I prefer when it comes to toast, 
Mm-hmm. I would rather eat Vegemite, but when it comes to a sand or Marmite, when it comes to a sandwich, having like soft bread, soft, you know, the butter part of the peanut butter, and then those crunchy little peanuts. Oh, it's just my favorite thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> what about roasts? R- r- like roast vegetables? No, no, no. As in, like, what what level of roast do you like your peanut butter? Oh. Oh man, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Oh, I, probably I, I, just, okay, probably I'm just not, a regular roast kind of guy. I, I'm like a, I'm, I'm a get, get it off the shelf at and stuff it in your face. That's right. <laughs> Even just uh, like crunchy is also the best for scooping it. Like just getting a big old spoon and just, you know, just taking a big bite out of the, you know, out of, of some peanut butter. I, I absolutely love it. Why? What, what are we talking about now? Well, well you know, last year was was uh, was one. Of, I don't know. It was a rough year because for one reason, Bega, who makes my favourite peanut uh-huh. butter, which is dark roast smooth. Mm-hmm. I used to be a crunchy kid growing up, but mm. I don't know. I think since I had my wisdom teeth moved out and now like <laughs> when I get those little crunchy bits back in there into oh, the gums, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. So now I prefer smooth uh, with no surprises. But they discontinued their dark roasted line. Oh, Very wow. upsetting. Were you just... Devastated. Oh, my mum thankfully found like a jar that she'd half finished in the back of her cupboard. She she, <laughs> she posted it to me, so I have like a one like half jar sitting in the back of my cupboard, and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh it's like a liquid gold to me. Well, mm-hmm. pasty gold, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of rationing it out because I know I have literally emailed the company and uh, <laughs> let them Give know me my back thoughts. my dark roast please <laughs> and yes there are other companies like Mavers and stuff that do dark roast um, but I, you know how like, they have the peanut butter that separates the oil sits on the top mm. and I know that's a sign that it's a healthier peanut butter for you but I just don't like it I like the uh, the whole like where it's just you know all one consistency all the time which mm. is what Bega was but actually you know how we were both in Sydney on the weekend yeah not I, hanging out together, yeah. even though we're in the exact same place. That's crazy. Um, I was in Darling Harbour and discovered um, a donut shop that I had known from Melbourne. And uh, and I was like, oh, I can't believe they have this you know little gourmet uh, donut shop here in, in, mm-hmm. in Sydney now. And I ducked in there and discovered they now roast their own peanut butter. And you can buy it in a jar. And they had dark roast smooth peanut butter. And you bought it? 100% and, I bought it. But have you eaten it yet? I, I, was, you know, I was driving up the driveway this morning, coming in the studio and kicking myself because I suddenly realized I forgot my peanut butter. See, I don't know if this is a good news story because yeah, no, what if you eat it and it's trash? It, it Look, it does have big shoes to fill, for, you know, for my favorite. I am looking for a replacement for my favorite. Yeah, I'm... I, there is good news attached to this peanut butter nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat because I'm just waiting <laughs> for you to eat this and hate it. No, and it's, it's hard to hate peanut butter because they're all like, you have to admit, they're all so close together in, yeah. in texture and flavor. Uh, and, I don't know. So we just got a text message cut through saying, no, not Vegemite. <laughs> Buy Marmite. It's better. Yeah. Brayden, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one because my, I actually, much prefer the taste of Marmite over Vegemite. But have you ever eaten it's healthier for Promite before? I grew up on Promite. Promite. As a kid, that was the thing for me. Is the bomb. Yeah. Like, but this is the thing. It's like they're all slightly different, but yeah. that difference is a, is a gorge. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a ravine because, of difference. Well, my parents uh, migrated from Germany, um, and <laughs> when they first tried Vegemite, they're like, this is not edible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and so they had a jar of Promite. I'm pretty sure it was the same jar of Promite my entire childhood in the door of the fridge up on the top shelf and 
and uh, and they were like, look, you know, we know Australians like to do this kind of thing. And out of the three, Primate, Marmite, Vegemite, this is the one that tastes the least like axle grease. And so they had <laughs> they had it there for us if we wanted it. So that was the one I was familiar with because it's the sweetest. It has yeah, the that's right. Sugar in that's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now that I'm grown and I'm more Australian <laughs> than ever before, um, I'm a Marmite girl through and through. Sure. Yeah. But I am I just want to stand up for Promite because there's so many Promite haters out there. I see people, until people are like Promite, and I'm looking at producer Shell. I, like, dude, Pete, I just see people immediately scrunch their faces up. <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is nah, discrimination. <laughs> you just haven't eaten Promite in like 20 years. Nah, but you it's, need it's to know that it's. And, and, and look, we're even getting vomit faces coming through on the it's definitely marmite <laughs> the then probite and then lastly vegemite sorry ah, vegemite where it's at hey Come the on. good news though is they've done a landmark peanut butter allergy skin patch desensitization <laughs> study on toddlers using immunotherapy to stop allergic reactions and it's worked so they've solved nut allergies essentially kind of so it's a landmark phase 3 uh, trial it's a skin patch it combats nut allergies in kids under the age of four wow. is safe and more effective than placebo. So it works like exposure therapy, slowly training the toddler's bodies to tolerate peanuts, uh, the mm. proteins in peanuts that may cause a, a immune response in normal cases. Uh, so for 12 months, more than 300 kids participated in this study. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that period, 67% of the children didn't experience adverse reactions to peanuts, double that of the placebo group. So um, this, tri- this trial is called a gold standard, which is to say it's double-blinded and placebo-controlled. Um, mm. So it means that neither the kids nor the scientists knew who received the skin patch and who received Whoa. the placebo patch. Well, how do they know? Does anyone know? Um, afterwards, they find out. Okay. It's like, you know, like, you know how to put the answer in the envelope kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so the group that received the actual patch experienced more symptoms of nut allergies during the 12 months of treatment, um, which is typical of exposure therapy. Uh, but side effects of the medicine itself were less than half of 1%. Wow. Uh, so we were, they were excited. Um, the co-author, Melanie Marchiki, uh, who's one of the MDs for the principal, and she's a principal investigator of the study at Lurie Children's Hospital. She says, we were excited to contribute to this landmark study that carries so much promise for our young patients with nut allergies. Children who originally reacted to a small fraction of a peanut were able to tolerate the equivalent of one to four peanuts after completing the treatment course. This means that these children will be well protected from accidental exposure to peanuts. Importantly, we found that the peanut patch was safe with very low chances of a severe allergic reaction. So these kids... um, Oh, sorry, she also says it's a terrific news for families um, of kids with peanut allergies, which is true because... You know, these kids, like, sure, they can't go and eat a whole jar of peanut butter now, mm. but if they might... They probably shouldn't, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, yeah. these kids often live in fear of coming mm. against, yeah, like, absolutely. even, a, like, a, a half a peanut, but now they can they can stand up to, like, four nuts, and it's unlikely that you'll accidentally eat four nuts. It's more, more likely you'll eat half a nut. Yeah. So these kids, you know, this is life-saving studies. Dude, uh, and this, this, this should have been a thing when I was a kid, because... I, I'm not allergic to peanuts, but, like, my best friend in kindergarten was allergic to peanuts. Oh. And my mum was making me peanut butter sandwiches, and I really liked them. Mm-hmm. And then, like I just described before, you know, did crunchy. You just, did, are you better to me that you no, chose no, no, food no, 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 over no, no, your no, friend? No, no, no. So, so we're sitting there, and then the teacher comes and is like, oh, 
um, Lawson, what are you eating on your sandwich? And I'm sitting next to Jordan, and and she's like, oh, and I tell her I'm eating peanut butter, and she goes, well, you can't sit next to Jordan anymore because he's allergic to peanut butter, Aww. and she got me to move, and that kind of ended our friendship. Oh, because then I would have to sit somewhere else at lunchtime, yeah. and um, and then we just weren't friends after that, you know. Yeah, was- well, this study is out here saving friendships. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, that, you know, shout out these guys; <laughs> they're solving all of my childhood problems. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was Andrew Liggett with This Is Eternal Life. And right now we are going to have our next quiz. Oh, well done. We've had a ton of people getting the correct answers. So guys, get get ready to get in and win these prizes. And hey, if you are a churchgoer, let's just say, challenge yourself by not looking it up. Mm. However, if you're new to all this, feel free to look it yeah, up. Yeah, usually our standard is if you're attending church every week, you know, like yeah. that you, you're pretty familiar, you know, that that that's the kind of space where it's like, okay, probably don't look it up. But we also want to encourage you, if, yeah, if you're new, then, then go for it. We want you to get in. We want to encourage you to open the word of God. What were the names of the three sons of Adam and Eve? Oh, hey, there you go. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And we have our amazing prize for this week, Monica. Uh, The Daniel Practical Living in the Judgment Hour. Commentary on the Book of Daniel by Norman McNulty. Really great book. We'll be giving one of those away every day this week to uh, somebody who gets one of the quizzes correct this, uh, this morning. I have support. I have the people on my side. Uh, <laughs> Maggie writes in Lawson, I'll back you up on the pro mic. All the others are terrible. And I totally agree. Uh, no, I mean, I like, I like them. I like, I like, I like, I like Marmite. I like Vegemite, but obviously I prefer pro mic cause it is the best tasting. It is a little bit sweeter than the rest of them. It has more sugar in it. We're not talking about health here. We're just talking about taste. We also got Freco writes in mighty might and roasted peanut butter. Three threes, the Aussie family owned for over a hundred years. <laughs> so it's like we're, we're talking about because they always sit in. I I think there's a jar of Promite in the top of our cupboard that has maybe been sitting there for like three years and is probably. Do they go out of date? I think they do go out of date, right? There's a best before on them. I have no idea. So so we need to we need to sort that out. Um, and then yeah, people writing in with the the correct answers for the quiz, guys. You got to you got to be quick. It's the the three sons of Adam and Eve. What were their names? Okay, we've got some interesting news to talk about this morning. There's a story that just ran across me, ran across my laptop screen, ran across my desk that I just want to quickly mention. I didn't mention this during the intro section. But former U.S. Vice President Mike Pence has jumped into the 2024 race. Oh, has he? Which is big news. It is huge news because Donald Trump is has also declared his He's running, his running wow. for the presidency. So he will no longer have a running mate in Mike Pence, but Mike Pence will be running himself. Now, the big difference between Mike Pence and Donald Trump and what we see there and, and what is so very, 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 very interesting about this is that Mike Pence had said in interviews earlier over the last couple of years, since he was not the vice president of the United States, that he was dedicating all of his time to religious affairs. Oh, right. Like he was really, you know, he, he's a part, he's chairman of a number of Christian organizations and running, you know, different ministries and whatnot. He's very, very Christian. You know, you had uh, Donald Trump who definitely 
posed mm-hmm. in yeah, that in that's that sense. Word. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for most people, they can say, okay, he's he's running for um, Republican and traditional values, but isn't necessarily Christian. This and this is what everyone could see. Whereas Mike Pence is like legit, like as in legitimately calls himself a Christian, identifies as such, and lives that way. Yeah. But then if we look at this situation, it's like, okay, Mike Pence running, and let's say let's say he wins the election. What that will do for religious liberty and church and state in the futures is yet to be seen. Oh, it's a really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. situation. We've talked about this a bunch with Justin Lawman on the show about church and state in the United States and the potential of the pendulum swinging back towards conservative Christianity, particularly because of all the controversy at the moment due to, you know, left-wing politics, identity politics, wokeism, all those kinds of things. The potential that the pendulum has to swing back, this is definitely a potential that a potential step in the way of that happening. So it's yet to be seen. At the same time, Mike Pence might run and lose. You know, yeah. he might lose in the primaries and Donald Trump might be ultimately the one who goes up against Biden in the next election in, in 2024. But I think the problem with that pendulum swimming back is that I anticipate it's going to swing way too far the other way. Yeah, exa- yeah. and that's exactly what mm-hmm. we see from yeah. even the Bible. So interesting stuff happening in US politics. Hey, we also see... So we're talking about The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chosen is, for those who don't know, is a very, very successful television show show depicting the life of Jesus has been going for a couple of seasons now it has been running as a uh you know as a as a watcher funded show so it's not funded by a major studio but like you jump on kickstarter or indiegogo or whatever website or whatever they use they take donations from from people who watch the show and then they produce the show from there and it has been hugely successful the show has garnered i think like what 500 million views uh for all of its episodes and it's a huge professional production now it there was controversy over the weekend as there was an interview and you know some some uh some promotional material for the newest season coming up a trailer and that was showing some behind the scenes footage and in about four seconds of the behind the scenes footage there is a shot of them filming the show and you can see in the corner that amongst you know the the directors and the filmers and the, and the camera crew there's a lgbt flag flying oh so you can see, like, it's like a rainbow, you know, with the, mm-hmm. the, the trans part and everything. And uh, it was flying, and, and people watching the trailer noticed this, and there were big articles being written. And even for me, just being in Facebook groups, you know, all kinds of Facebook groups, you know, posts coming up saying, oh, wait, I thought The Chosen was a Christian show. Yeah, and, yeah. and you see this, and now, you know, The Chosen has released a statement since doing that saying, oh, hey, um... You know, we employ all kinds of people to work on the show and, and just the same as you and your workplace, you know, uh, Christians feel persecuted in a sense that they might be in their workplace wearing a hat or a T-shirt that says something about Jesus or have a sticker and they're not allowed to do so or they'll be called out for it. We don't want to restrict people who work on our show in the same way if they come from a different background to us, from than us. So so we want to give, you know, them full right and liberty to be able to fly that flag now for many people still looking at this it's like the the chosen the controversy with the chosen throughout the whole way through whilst being a fantastic production the people the pro- the problem that people have consistently had a problem with the chosen is that it actively claims and the show actively claims this that it gets most of its source material not from the bible 
Oh. So, and what I mean by that is it takes the stories from the Bible, but in terms of the dialogue being used, and, and Dallas Jenkins, the producer and the director of the show, the main writer for the show, will actively say that. He's like, the majority of our source material doesn't come from the Bible. Our script isn't written because of what the Bible says. We read the Bible and we say, okay, this is the overarching narrative of what happens. Say, the woman at the well interaction. Okay, we know there's a woman at the well interaction. We know that Jesus says this. We know that the woman says this. But the way that we write our dialogue, the way that we see that interaction taking place, we're writing the best entertainment possible. You know, with, yes, a lesson that comes from it. So this is what they're actively claiming. And then, okay, so you take that statement. It's like, okay, so they're not trying to be as biblical as possible. So then it's like, okay, well, what are they basing it on? Their their show and in terms of the outcomes of their show, the belief of the show, the theology of the show, what are they basing on? And when you see things like this, like, you know, an LGBT, LGBT flag flying on set, it's like, well, is this ideology influencing how they are then portraying Jesus, particularly against the claim that the show isn't trying to be 100% based on the Bible? It's an interesting spot. We'd love to know what you think. Maybe you're a watcher of The Chosen and you love it. We'd love to know how you feel about this particular situation and, yeah, whether it's, you know, it's... It should be flying, whether, you know, their hiring of LGBT people is a good thing or a bad thing. Let us know. 0491-064-669. I don't think it's the best for optics. Uh, Do you think they're going to lose uh, funding now? I mean, potentially, but then simultaneously, it's like, well, why do people watch The Chosen? It's like, is, is it... Does the watching of The Chosen for, for most people... Do, do a lot of people who watch The Chosen have a problem with the LGBT community or ideology? Like, there's, there's just lots of questions to be asked. It's, it's an interesting space because the, the, the response that they gave of, oh, well, we don't want to stop people who have those beliefs from being able to work on the show if they're a professional and they're trying to be on board with the mission that we have. It's like, okay, fair enough. But then, and we're going to be talking in the next segment you know, it's like, okay, well, it's a Christian environment. Should you then only hire Christians or not? It's, it's I'd like to know if, else, like, if, if any of our listeners do watch The Chosen, why do you watch The Chosen, like Lawson just said? Yeah, 0491 Let us know. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our next clue or our next quiz for the quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Too cute. Which book of the Bible mentioned Haman? Oh. Oh, Haman. (laughs) Haman. 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 (laughs) I was trying to throw you a little bit there. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, that was which book of the Bible mentions Haman, 0491-064-669. That's awesome. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have come to our interview time today. And we have on the line none other than Vanessa Chang. Vanessa, are you there with us? I am. Good morning. Fantastic. Now, we are so stoked and glad to have you on the show talking about all things Christian schools and Christian teachers and the future of Christian schools here in Australia. Now, where are you coming from in this discussion? What are you representing? I represent the Australian Association of Christian Schools. So we have 100 schools all around the country. Mm. Uh, And 
We're, what we're concerned about is some laws that are being proposed by the Australian Law Reform Commission, mm-hmm. which will really impact the ability of Christian schools to continue hiring Christian staff. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's fundamental to who we are as Christian schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, the faith of the staff who teach and work at our schools is what makes us who we are as a community of faith. And so, yeah, my job is to talk to politicians, to talk to schools and parents about this threat that's coming our way and to help people be aware and, and to speak up in support of protecting our freedoms to continue hiring staff uh, that is fundamental to who we are as Christian schools. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the history of this idea of Christian schools being able to hire Christian teachers, which for many decades was a given, this was a particular discussion during Scott, Mon- Scott Morrison's prime ministership where they were talking about the religious discrimination bill that didn't end up getting passed. And now we've come to a new situation, which, uh, yeah, it, we're, we're looking at now where, as you said, the ALRC has proposed these new laws. H- how has that really played out for you and how are you seeking to respond to the situation? Yeah, well, the religious discrimination bill didn't pass under the previous government, which was a real shame because currently in Australia, we're protected from discrimination against sex, against um, discrimination based on race or um, disability or age. But there's no protection in law at a federal level against discrimination based on someone's religious belief. Mm. And so that law would have helped to fill that gap. Uh, Anthony Albanese, his government, when they came to government, they uh, made a commitment that they too would look to extending religious discrimination laws to protect all Australians, whether you're Christian or Hindu or Muslim, Mm. uh, on the basis of faith. So that's a good thing. And we're, we're looking forward to continuing conversations with the Labor government about when that uh, will happen. Uh, We haven't seen any detail around that. Uh, But what's being proposed here is uh, slightly different. So it's around removing protections that schools have, uh, religious exemptions within the Sex Discrimination Act, uh, which currently allow us to um, ask people about their faith and uh, require staff to be living an active faith Mm. and in accordance with the beliefs of the school. Um, so they're two slightly different issues, but we're we're certainly concerned about that lack of protection in discrimination law mm. uh, for people of faith, um, because you know what we're increasingly seeing is that Christian schools that hold particular beliefs um, are being um, you know being challenged about that, and mm. yeah, so parents are wanting to send their children to a Christian school because they love the faith of the school and that sure. community that's provided. Uh, our schools are growing and parents are really choosing, making that active choice and that financial sacrifice to send their children to a Christian school. And we want to preserve that for future generations. Mm, absolutely. I'd love to ask you, and I think there are some reasons we can see immediately, but for you, does being able to hire Christian teachers as a Christian school really enable that ability for the school to teach according to Christian values? Yeah, it's fundamental. I used to be a teacher in a Christian school and, uh, you know, it's just part of the whole um, experience of 
being in a Christian school. Uh, so you start the day with with prayers. I mean, the staff at the school I was at would gather together before school even started and pray for the day ahead and pray for the students, which was just a beautiful mm. way to start the day. Then when you're in the classroom, you'd start the classes with prayer um, and you'd be weaving through that biblical perspective through all the subjects that you're teaching, uh, bringing it back to God and, and, and that Christian worldview. And so if you don't have that faith as a teacher, then it's very difficult to teach um, from that perspective. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's a lot more um, than perhaps just having a, you know, a one-off religious education class or a mm. chapel service during the week. Um, for us, we want to have that integrated holistic education mm. that comes through all the, all the classes and the whole of life experience of a school. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for myself as a young person who didn't grow up Christian, came from a secular background, going to be being able to go to a Christian school and hear a Christian worldview shared within that school. I was really blessed to go to a really good Christian school. And that that impression stuck with me throughout my life until the point where I converted and became a Christian myself. So that's fantastic to hear that the, the perspective is, hey, you know, having Christian teachers in a Christian school ultimately blesses students, and uh, that's amazing to hear. Now, we have this uh, this paper that has been written that has these proposals in it to take these protections away. Does it just wholesale say, okay, if you hire based on faith, like what is, what is the penalty, the outcome of that? So this is where it can get a bit complicated in discrimination law, but what it's saying is, essentially, is that only some roles within a school would be able to require people to be of the same faith. So if you were, as I said, like the chaplain or the religious education teacher, um, the Law Reform Commission says, yep, that's fair enough that you'd be requiring those staff Mm -hmm. to have the faith of the school. But if it was a maths teacher or a music teacher or the business manager of a school, then they don't really see how faith is relevant to those roles Mm -hmm. because they're seeing... They're not understanding, I guess, that holistic Christian worldview mm. and, and how we do Christian education. Mm. Uh, they see subjects, you know, very much through the Australian curriculum, which we do teach. We teach all subjects um, according to the Australian curriculum, mm. but we add that overlay of Christian worldview as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a misunderstanding, which we're trying to explain to policymakers and politicians. This is This is fundamental to who we are. And you're absolutely right. There are lots of families who don't have that Christian faith uh, and are coming to our schools because they value those traditional beliefs. Um, They may not be sending their children to a church or Sunday school, but they are sending their children to the Christian schools because they can see the love that the teachers have for the students and that fantastic um, environment and that community of faith, and they want that those values and those beliefs passed on to their children too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think we've solidified how amazing Christian schools are, how much of a blessing they are, and particularly when you can create that holistic environment, which is enabled by having uh, uh, Christian teachers across the board. Mm. Now, for my Christian school and for you and for us, this bill is being proposed or these, these changes are being proposed. They may or may not go through. They're, they're, they're in the process of, of, you know, making legislation regarding this. Uh, what is it that you guys are trying to do and, and how can people be involved? 
Well, we're asking people to share their message of support for Christian schools through a new platform that we've just launched. It's called mychristianschool.au. And this is a place where parents, grandparents, teachers can go. They can send a quick message to their local MP about why they love their Christian school Mm. and why faith is fundamental. The faith of the staff in our schools is fundamental Mm. uh, to preserving that authentic Christian education. So people can share a message with their MP. They can also share their own personal testimonies, a bit like your personal testimony about the mm. impact a Christian school and the Christian teacher made on your own life uh, because those stories are really powerful. And then we can use those stories to share with policymakers and politicians about the impact that Christian schools are having in their local community. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So really we've... <laughs> We're responding to a, a, a forum with a forum here and essentially coming back and saying, hey, from these experiences, these this is this is why we need to keep these schools, you know, run by Christians, Christian schools run by Christians. I guess one of the questions that I have that has been playing on my mind a lot regarding this topic, just personally, is if these protections get removed from Christian schools. So then they, you know, um, have to hire. Religion isn't something that is allowed to be considered when hiring. Uh, And and you'd be able to know this. um, Are there lots of non-Christian teachers coming from those backgrounds who are actively wanting to work in Christian schools? Uh, Certainly there are people who see the beautiful places our schools are and see that's an attractive place to work. Mm. Uh, So teachers might have um, a nominal Christian background. Perhaps they were baptised as a baby and went to Sunday school as a kid and they might say, well, surely that's enough. Um, I don't actively have a faith now. I don't go to church, but uh, they don't have an active living faith Mm. uh, as Jesus followers, which is fundamental. We, We want people to be active Christians. So certainly there um, yeah, there are staff that might not understand that's how we do Christian education and might be looking for a job in one of our schools. And so, you know, we would have that those conversations about faith being fundamental to who we are. And generally um, that's, you know, people understand that and, and once we explain that. But I guess it's where you have people who uh, – don't accept that and want to take it further by taking out a claim of discrimination against mm. a school and perhaps take a school to court or to an anti-discrimination commission. Mm. And schools don't have uh, the resources to be, um, or, and yeah, all the absolutely. time, to be defending themselves in the courts against, uh, you know, this small number of cases. They may only be small, but certainly we say, well, we need those legal protections to be able to ensure uh, that we don't have to worry about fighting a claim of discrimination. Um, mm. If if in the small instances of cases there is someone who says, I want to work at your school, even though I don't share the Christian faith. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we want to continually point people towards this forum. What was the link again that people can head to? Yeah, mychristianschool.au. Uh, jump online, uh, subscribe, share your stories, and send a message to your MP. Absolutely. Vanessa, thank you so much. We are going to continue on with the show right now. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.